Hello everybody, and um, before we get into the Slapshot Vintage Weekly Roundup uh, for this week, um, I am just going to talk about the Black Hawk situation for a little bit before we start. Um, so obviously a trigger warning on that. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the Black Hawk situation. I'm not going to be going into any of the details. Uh, there's just a few things I'd like to say, and I think it'd be wrong to ignore it. So trigger warning for uh, talking about the sexual assault case involving the uh, Chicago Black Hawks. Um, I'll leave a timestamp down below for when the actual show will start. I'm not going to talk about it for too long. Um, so, first of all, let's get into it. Um, obviously, it's been an extremely difficult week um, being a hockey fan um, of any team that follows the NHL. Uh, it's extremely distressing and um, upsetting what the uh, the report, uh, the independent report into the Blackhawk situation unearthed and basically um confirmed everything that w- was allegated uh, alleged um which is very difficult to get your head around um i'd just like to say that to to Kyle Beach who came out and said that he was in fact John Doe in in the investigation uh he's incredibly brave has made an incredible difference in the world of hockey um hopefully will change things um for the good so that something like this is not allowed to happen again um to point out the systemic failing that of the black hawks of the nhl and of the nhl player association the fact that no one was there to assist him is uh deeply upsetting um it's it's very hard to get your head around that winning was put before a human being um but unfortunately that has just happened before in sports and hopefully with all of this being brought to light, that will no longer happen. Um, obviously, as a result of this, people have stepped down. Stan Bowman has stepped down as the GM of the Blackhawks. Joe Quenville yesterday, or this morning, I guess I would say, last night, um, stepped down as the head coach of the Florida Panthers. Um, and, yeah, it's it's had a massive effect around the NHL. It's a very sad um, horrible subject that unfortunately is dominating the headlines in hockey this week. Um, I did feel like we I sh- we should talk about it. Uh, not talking about it does feel wrong. Um, so again, Kyle Beach is nothing but my respect and um, support through all of this. And I, I know if Kieran was here, he'd say exactly the same. Um, he's an incredibly brave individual and uh, I'm not going to name names but obviously those that buried this and covered this up are nothing more than cowards and karma's a bitch karma's a bitch so we'll wait and see what happens moving forward but this isn't the end of this story I can guarantee you that now there is going to be more fallout from this um and rightfully so um I think there's a, a couple more people that may lose their jobs um or resign I should say um which um, is definitely something that needs to happen. Um, I'm not going to name names. There's a couple of people in positions that I don't think should be in those positions any longer. Um, but yeah, so we just wanted to um, to touch on that, really, um, and not completely ignore it. Because um, obviously we know it's uh, a lot of you listen to this for a nice, happy distraction. But unfortunately, this week hasn't been that uh, in hockey. But... Now that we have done this, we can move forward into the actual, the full show, the Slapshot Vintage Weekly Roundup, which episode two is coming up right now. 
Hello and welcome, and on this week of the Slapshot Vintage Weekly Roundup, we have two teams still undefeated. We have two teams without a win. Frederick Anderson hits 20 shutouts in his career, Markstrom is coming out flying, and Ovechkin is seriously chasing down Gretzky at some pace. All that and much more coming right up on this week's Slapshot Vintage Weekly Roundup. Hello everybody and welcome. We are on episode 2 of the Slapshot Vintage Weekly Roundup. Uh, it's just me today as Kieran is, well we're recording this on a, on a Friday night and Kieran is out doing Friday night things and socialising and drinking full fat coke. Um, so it's just me tonight um, and it's going to be me for about 20 minutes. I'm going to go through some of the results from last week, talk about some of the teams, uh, how things are going, uh, discuss some of the news around the NHL. Um, so I hope you'll join me uh, for this for this little one. Um, where to start? Where to start? Well, I'll tell you where we'll start. We will start with the fact that there are still two undefeated teams in the NHL. Um, as we enter, sort of, I guess, really the third week, but the, the second full week of the NHL, uh, which is quite surprising. Um, one of which is the Florida Panthers, who have obviously played played seven, won seven, uh, goals for thirty one, goals against thirteen. Um, it's an incredible start, absolutely incredible start from the Panthers, um, a team that is for as long as I've been watching hockey has been fairly shit, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, so it is nice to see them doing well. It it's. Going to be interesting to see what happens now that Joe Quenville is no longer the coach of the Florida Panthers. I think today they announced that Brunette is taking over as interim um, coach. I mean, the Panthers have got the squad. They've got the depth. They've got the players. They're all round a very hardworking, very skilled, very good team. Um, but they have just lost a very good coach um, in John Quenville, um, for, who rightfully stepped down. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this team handles that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how long this win streak can go on or if it does end in the next game without Quenville. Um, I, I do like to think that the Panthers' success is more because of the players that they've got than the coach that they had. Um, I don't think that's unfair to say. So the Panthers are off to an absolute flying start, 14 points from seven games, sitting at the top of the Atlantic, um, who... The Atlantic is odd right now. The Sabres are still second. Um, seven games plays, five wins, one loss, one overtime loss. So they've got 11 points. Um, so the Atlantic's a bit odd. Um, and the Canadians are down the bottom, then the Senators, then the Bruins, then the Leafs, then the Lightning, then the Red Wings, then the Sabres, then the Panthers. So there's some um, interesting going on there. I do expect a lot of this to sort of even itself out by about the 30-game mark. Um, I'm going to refrain from talking about the Senators for another week. I'm going to give them another week um, to get some wins, hopefully, and then we'll talk about them in the next show because I'm. Uh, you probably can tell by the tone of my voice. I'm not thrilled with the start we've had um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but moving on to the other team that is still undefeated in the Metropolitan Division is the Carolina Hurricanes, who have played 6 won 6 
goals for 25, goals against 8 for 12 points in 6 games. Um, so there you are in 2 at the top of the league. You've got Florida and then Carolina. Um, Carolina are doing the thing. And I, mean, I think a lot of people thought that over the summer they got worse. Um, I know I did. Um, with uh, losing their goaltender and you know not re-signing Dougal. Dougal. I keep... <laughs> That's his name now from now on because I keep calling him Dougal. Dougie Hamilton um, and bringing in the likes of D'Angelo, which a lot of people, and me included, I don't understand that move, still don't think it's a terrible move uh, PR-wise and just giving that guy another job. But the other side of that was, was it going to offset chemistry? Was it going to upset the dressing room? Because he has a history of doing that. And so far, pardon me, it doesn't look like it's going to. It looks like they're going to be absolutely fine. They're absolutely smashing it. They're uh, who's behind them? The the team uh, below them is the Capitals. Who've played one more game than them and, ha- and won two less. Um, but they've won. They've lost three in overtime. So they've got those overtime loss points. Um, so they're actually only one point behind them. But they've they've played another game. So. Yeah, two undefeated teams almost two weeks in. I mean, I'm a bit surprised by that. I'm also quite surprised that there are two teams that are still yet to win a game. Uh, seven, both of which you've played seven games. Uh, the one that isn't surprising to me is the Coyotes. I think everyone knew really that they weren't going to be that good coming out of the gate. Um, sort of, they got rid of everybody for draft picks this summer. Absolutely everybody. Um and the players that they do have are either quite young or, or pieces that other teams didn't want. Um, and, I mean, they've all, they've played seven. They've won zero. They've lost six. They lost one in overtime. They've scored 12 goals and they've conceded 35 for a goal difference of minus 23. So it's not looking great for them. In fact, let's have a look. Let's What's their upcoming fixtures? Right, okay, so tomorrow, or tomorrow, tonight, I would say, at midnight, uh, our time, obviously, recording this in, in England, um, they play the Capitals, which you'd think would be an L. Then on Sunday, they play the Hurricanes, which you'd think would probably be an L. Then they on Tuesday, the, the 2nd of November, they play the Flyers, which you'd think would be an L. Then they play the Ducks, which mm, maybe, maybe they they could get into that. Then they play the Kraken, which again, maybe. Then they play the Wild. Then they play the Coyote, uh, the Blackhawks. So realistically, I don't think they've got any hope in hell of getting a win until at least Saturday, the sixth of November. The next three Capitals, Hurricanes, and Flyers, you would think they they. They probably aren't going to get a result out of any of those. Then they have a run of two games where they could get a result, Ducks and Kraken. And then they don't, they play the Wild. But they could, I mean, it's entirely possible they could get to the 13th of November against the Blackhawks and still not have a win. Which would be his, a bit of a historically bad start, really. Um, I think the longest... The team has gone without winning a game 
at the start of the season was 15 games. And I believe that was the Rangers back in the 40s. So, I mean, I'm hoping they're not going to get to that point because that would be a shame. But um, as we said last last episode, at least they're losing while looking good because the Kachinas look great. Um, so moving on to the other team that doesn't have a single win yet, who is in the same division, and that is the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, obviously been in the news for all the wrong reasons, both on the ice and off the ice. Uh, I... I was I had my reservations I had my reservations when uh Chicago made all the moves in the summer. I did. And I think a load of people thought, well, they've got the Vesna, they've signed Seth Jones, they've done this, they've done that. Surely they're a playoff team. And I I was never convinced. However, I didn't think it would ever be this bad. Um they look woeful. Their shipping goals have conceded th- they've got a goal difference of minus sixteen after seven games. They've got two points after seven, uh, two overtime losses. And yeah, they just don't look good. I, I, I'm sure some of you watching saw the video of their coach actually giving a blank whiteboard to the players to draw up a play. I mean, that is never going to fill you with confidence, especially not in an original six market where they demand competence from a coach. Um, that wasn't a good look. I do think the coach's job is probably safe for a little bit because of the off-ice stuff going on. They probably want some form of stability for the next month or so. But it wouldn't surprise me if he was one of the first coaches fired um, because they've had a terrible start to the season. Absolutely shocking start to the season. And let's have a look at their next run of games. So the Blackhawks play the Hurricanes tonight. Then the Blues on Sunday. Then they play the Senators on Tuesday and then the Hurricanes again on Thursday. So, I mean, they've got a chance of a win against the Senators and that's about it for the foreseeable future, I would say. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have to they're gonna have to change some things. I mean, they could come out tomorrow and beat the to beat the Hurricanes, but obviously with the way with the way that they've been playing, it's extremely unlikely. But this is a league where anyone could beat anyone. Um, it just isn't very plausible with the way they've been playing. Um, so let's go to the Pacific Division. Vegas haven't started that well. They've played seven, lost three, uh, won three, lost four. Uh, the Kings have started awfully, played seven, won one, lost five, one, uh, lost one in overtime. So uh, there's a few teams that are still up there that I think the bubble will burst. The Sharks being one of them. I don't think that's going to last all season. Uh, the one they've got a four and three record out of seven games. Uh, the Kraken have played eight, won three, lost four. Not terrible. The Canucks just lost back to back to the Philadelphia Flyers, I believe. Uh, oh no, they didn't lose back to back. Sorry, they um they played the Wild before that. Um, but they just lost to the Flyers, uh, and they've they've had some okay results. They've beat beat the Blackhawks, beat the Kraken, lost to the Sabers, lost to the Red Wings, lost to the Oilers, um, lost to the Oilers twice. Oh no, that that's a preseason game that one. Um, so they haven't had the best of starts, but they haven't had the worst of starts. There's a few teams like that, but I mean it's so it's still so early. I mean it's an 82 game schedule. 
the most any team has played so far is eight. Well, I'm looking at this. How many games has Boston played now? Okay, they're up to six. So they've played the same amount as the Sens. The Sens have had a weird break, to be fair. we The last game we played was about four or five days ago. So we've had a long break. And then we played Dallas in Dallas tonight. So I'm hoping that we can get our third win of the season against the Stars. Um, who do seem to be not... I think they're similar to us. They've uh, Okay, they've played seven, won three, lost three, lost one in overtime. Um... Do have a minus goal differential though. Goals for 14, goals against 18. Um, so there's all sorts going on. It's still very early in the season. The Metro is just ridiculous. Every time I look at it, I just think that division is just a joke. An absolute joke. Right, let's get into some news because there's been some big ones and we'll be avoiding the Blackhawks news. Obviously, I spoke about that at the beginning. Um, there was some Toronto Maple Leafs news. Let me find it. I want to get the numbers correct. So this is my first podcast on my own, so it's a bit it's a bit different. I normally got Kieran to help me kill time. Um, I can't believe I just searched the Toronto Maple Leafs on my laptop. That makes me feel ill. Right. So the Toronto Maple Leafs have just signed Morgan Riley to an eight-year, $60 million extension. Which is a lot of money and carries a cap hit average of $7.5 million, Which anyone that is into hockey knows... The Toronto Maple Leafs already have a, a weird way of doing the cap. Um, they invested heavily in not many players. So if I'm to look at this now, next year, the Toronto Maple Leafs, five players will account for 58.9% of the Maple Leafs' salary, which isn't how you build a winning team. Um I think they've already proved that's not how you win- build a winning team, but they seem to be leaning into it even more. Unless it means one of those three is going to be traded. Because I don't see how you can have nearly 60% of your cap wrapped up in five players. I just don't. Four of I just don't understand how that's going to be building for success. So it makes me think that one of those four, the big four, um, Matthews, Marner, Nylander and um, Tavares is going to be traded at some point this season or in the off-season. You'd think it would have to be off-season unless their not-very-good start continues and they don't... I mean, they'll make the playoffs. They have to make the playoffs. If they don't, then one of them should be traded anyway. Um, but there you go, Toronto handing out big money once again because apparently they don't learn. Um so big money signing over in Toronto. And speaking of Toronto, ex Maple Leaf Frederick Anderson got his twentieth career shutout the other night to help the Canes to their sixth straight win. So congratulations to him. He seems to be loving life in um in Carolina. It's almost like he wasn't the problem. Um but moving on. Uh Jacob Markstrom has come out firing this season. Um it's a bit of a goalie watch this. Um after a not so great season for Calgary last year, he's had back to back shutouts, I believe. Um, so he's doing extremely well. 
um, which is nice to see. Carter Hart got uh, the Flyers man of the match the other day, the one that the players give to themselves um, in the locker room. So he's he's had an he's not had the greatest start, but he's had a much better start to the season than he did last season. Um, so the goalie seems to be doing well. Matt Murray was injured again, um, so I'm not actually sure how long he is out for. I don't think it's been officially announced yet. I do know that we've recalled Gustafsson from the AHL, so he's not going to be in goal for a little while. Um, that's Chris Kreider back to injuring goalies again, so everyone knows that he's good at that. And I think we need to talk about the fact that Alexander Ovechkin is absolutely smashing the goals in for the Washington Capitals at this point. Um, it's a bit of a joke how good he is. He's chasing down Gretzky at an alarming rate at this point. Um, he's going to be, I mean, as long as he doesn't get injured, if he doesn't catch Gretzky, he's going to finish second all time in scoring. I think if I think if he gets close enough, he will just keep playing until he beats Gretzky. Because the one thing that also we can't forget is he's had two seasons lost to lock, or he's had a full season lost to lockout, half a season lost to lockout, a third of a season lost to COVID, and then a shortened schedule. So he's had four seasons where he's not had a full year of hockey, one of which was com- a complete non-year. So I mean, if he had that already, he'd uh, he'd already be far closer to Gretzky than he already is, and I still think he might do it. Um. So congratulations to him moving up the uh, the NHL's all-time goal-scoring list. The geezer is an absolute machine of a hockey player. One of the he's the greatest goal scorer the game's ever seen. Um, so I, I do hope he beats Gretzky, just because it would be everyone thought that record is so untouchable, and to do it in the modern age, um, like he has, is um, extremely extremely impressive. So. So, I mean, for for me waffling on on my own, I think we're reaching about the sort of time now where we can wrap this up. I hope you didn't mind listening to me waffle uh, for this long. I mean, I'll get better at it as we go along, I'm sure. It's only the second show. I hope Kieran's having a lovely time while I sit here and and speak to you all. So, um, And I know the drop uh, today went extremely well. So from Kieran, on behalf of Kieran, thank you for that. Um, The jerseys flew out. So uh, keep your keep your eye out for uh, some previews of what's coming up next, um, and we will speak to you again on the next Slapshot Vintage Weekly Roundup. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game.